0: Welcome in to The Strike Zone. I am Joe Honk, broadcasting on a special Wednesday night edition of The Strike Zone here on 104.5 The Zone and Zone TV. So I appreciate everybody that's hopping on right now and is getting into the chat and talking and hopping in and getting those questions in as we get ready to go. Yes, it is a Wednesday night. I understand that it, it is a Wednesday. Now, there is a reason why we're broadcasting on Wednesday. Um, that has to do with the fact that, uh, yeah, the Titans, they they play tomorrow night. And so we know that every single person in the city is going to be paying attention to what the Titans are doing. So instead, we are doing a special Wednesday night edition of the show here from First Horizon Park. Now, look. Don't let the rain, don't let all the bad weather and every bit of that that's been going throughout the city uh, this afternoon fool you. It is a gorgeous, and I mean a simply gorgeous, night here at the ballpark. In fact, I wore shorts. I kind of may be regretting that decision by the end of the show because it feels absolutely fantastic here and yeah there's still a few seats available because of all the rain and everything that's been going on so people didn't think the game was actually going to be happening tonight but the reason why this game is so important and this series is so important is because this is a clash this is a clash of our two worlds is really what this is because you have your sounds Taking on the Gwinnett Stripers, and we all know who the Gwinnett Stripers are—the AAA affiliate of—and yes, that would be the Atlanta Braves. So, as the game is going on, we'll continue to keep you updated on everything that is happening, and the fact that Gwinnett's already scored—it's one to nothing. Now, as far as what the Braves are doing, is tied at zero as we speak. Now, with the night and how everything is going to be playing out, this is going to be a really cool week for you to be getting down to the ballpark. And watching, first, because it is the Stripers, which means you're going to get to see a lot of brace players that could be down possibly on a rehab assignment or possibly down because they haven't been pitching very well with our, for the parent club. Not going to mention any names specifically, but, I mean... You know, Neo was his first. You know, his last name was Anderson, and so you know it was it was something like that. So just letting you know that he's most likely going to be pitching at some point in time here in Nashville. You also have Hauser Yanoa; he's going to be pitching at some point in time for Gwinnett because even though he got called up a couple of days ago, he got sent back down to the to the stripers. Uh Matter of fact, yesterday during the the rainout game, he got sent down then. Darren O'Day is in the bullpen for the Stripers tonight because he's getting a rehab assignment as well so you have a lot of Braves players that have played for the Braves at some point in time in the season they are here in Nashville we thought that at some point in time there was potentially going to be some Stripers that were about to have to head to Nashville's airport and get to Boston because of the injuries that took place last night but that was actually not the case because instead of coming and getting the players from the AAA affiliate instead the Braves decided that they wanted to go down to Double A and just bring up the number 1 player in the in the farm system for the Atlanta Braves and, yes, that is Vaughn Grissom. He is in the lineup tonight for the Braves. He's 0-1 as we speak. He's playing second base. He's batting uh, ninth right now. Orlando Arcia, with a strained hamstring got injured last night during the game. It was a very weird injury. Rounding first base, heading to second. He started to pull up before he even got to second base. In fact, I was actually shocked that he made it to second base. But he gets put on the I.L., And instead of bringing up the third baseman from the Stripers, which we'll get to in just a few seconds, Braves decided that they're going to be bringing up the third baseman from the Mississippi Braves, and that would be Vaughn Grissom. Yes, that last name is significant because Marquise Grissom is his dad. So, yes, this is the son of Von Grissom that is that is going to be playing for the Braves and is playing for the Braves tonight. Now, the reason why that the Braves didn't call up their third baseman from the AAA affiliate, which I'm literally staring at his back right now, and that's Joe Denard. One, a couple things you need to know about him. The Braves actually just picked him up last month off of waivers from the Miami Marlins. He's played two games in the major leagues this season, one of which was against the Atlanta Braves for the Miami Marlins. The most interesting thing about him, that's A-Rod's nephew. So when you, uh, it's, yeah, he is playing third base. He's actually rocking number 15 tonight, so not rocking number 13 or three. But he is playing third base for the Gwinnett Stripers and yes that is A-Rod's nephew you can get in on the chat we've got that pulled up so that you can hop in and talk about whatever you want to talk about whether it is the Braves the Sounds the Stripers whatever it is Steven says tighten up from Houston look man we we all understand Titans play the Ravens tomorrow night 6 30 you're gonna be able to hear it on 104.5 the zone so we, we decided just to move this up 24 hours, and we're, and we're going to have a little bit of fun out here tonight. That's a little bit different being out here. One, I rarely actually get to see the Nashville Sounds normal uniforms. Normally, I'm in there when they're rocking their 1978 Nashville Sounds unis, which is the reason why I'm rocking the hat. is because I bought this thing last week before going on vacation because I've been staring at it for months, so I said "as might as well pull the trigger on it. Let us know where you are watching tonight as you are enjoying the stream and the strike zone as you're watching the Braves and watching the sounds on TV, as well as listening and listening to us on zone television. Now, the thing about the sounds and Gwinnett, Gwinnett not playing so well right now. And there's a reason. The reason is is because the Atlanta Braves have the worst farm system in Major League Baseball, and that's actually not an exaggeration. Uh, after the trade deadline, the Atlanta Braves got re-ranked, and the all farm systems throughout Major League Baseball got re-ranked. Matter of fact, the Brewers' farm system dropped one spot as well. And where at one point in time during the regular season, they were actually the number. 20 farm system, the Brewers are now the number 21 farm system. The Braves now have the worst farm system in Major League Baseball, and the reason for that is because all of their best prospects, whether it was Michael Harris, whether it was Von Grissom which technically he's still a prospect because he hasn't played enough games at the major league level yet to take the prospect name off of him those players are up in Atlanta that's and that's why that those prospects that you've you've heard about whether it is Strider or Michael Harris as I just mentioned you could even throw your Ian Andersons and Kyle Wrights on there that was on there a couple of seasons ago uh, those names are all players that have been called up and that's the reason why the stripers really don't have that many good players on the team the sound that you just heard the train that's not ron slay and the vandy train that's because bryce terang just went yard down the right field line to give nashville the lead against gwinnett here in the first inning so far so it's going to be a fun wednesday if you missed last night's game because you had tickets you can make that up, okay? Because what the sounds are going to be doing is if you had tickets for last night's game, you can go up to the box office and you can redeem them for a home game that of the remaining parts of the season. Remember, we're now in August. And we're very close to being in the middle of August. The regular season only goes until September. There's only a couple of of home stands left here at First Horizon Park for you to get down and be able to watch. A sounds baseball game. So if you missed last night because of the rain out, you can do that. The cool thing is, is if you have tickets for tomorrow night's game, instead of one game, you're now going to be getting two games. First pitch is going to be at 5 30. Gates are going to be opening up at 5 o'clock. It's going to be two seven inning ball games. And you're and if you have tickets for tomorrow night's game, that means you can go to either or or both games, whichever one you want to go to here at First Horizon Park. And again, the cool thing about this weekend and that's why what sucks about this rain that's been coming through over the last 12 hours or so is that with as many Sounds fans as well as as many Braves fans as we have, normally this ballpark would be packed right now because you would have a ton of Braves fans that would be here to watch the Stripers as well, and so it would be a really fun atmosphere. But with the rain, honestly, I was telling some of the guys as we were walking in, I honestly didn't expect the game to even be happening tonight. But then I got the text message. Hey, we're all still good to go. So we're out here right now in the left field party deck as we are for majority of our nights that we are broadcasting the strike zone at. Now get those comments in, as I mentioned just a few seconds ago. You can do that and we can get going in. Yorkie hopping in, asking what's going on. How's it going, bro? I appreciate you hopping in as well. In there, you can watch the strike zone on zone tv whether it's youtube facebook twitter or twitch no i still i still don't have a sounder i have this i have that just in case i want to say that some teams playing like crap or whatever see i didn't even beat myself right i have that button i don't have a twitch please button just yet i still need to be working on that but tonight pitcher for the for the the sounds is going to be tyler herb now the question that a lot of people have been asking is all right why von grissom well, the Joe Denard, or the Joe Denand, I should say, that part of it is kind of playing into it because he's already played in three games in the major leagues so far this season. Yes, he was batting three hundred, but I think the Braves really want to see what they have with, with Vaughn Grissom because with with Vaughn Grissom, you could potentially see him in a scenario where the Braves are using him. For not just the second base position, Vaughn Grissom could be your starting shortstop for the Atlanta Braves next year. And I think that could be the reason why the Braves are at least trying him out in the major leagues, even for a short period of time, no matter how long uh, Orlando is going to be on the IL, because we've talked about this for, for weeks on end, there is no deal with Dansby Swanson just yet. And Dansby Swanson is still set to be a free agent at the end of the year. You've already paid Austin Riley a ton of money. You've gotten what now Ozzy Albies is looking like. He gave a, the Braves a tremendous discount to go ahead and sign early. Acuna has signed for a long period of time. And at some point in time, you're going to have to start paying some of these starting pitchers. Max Freed, Kyle Wright. William Contreras is, is at some point in time going to most likely become the everyday catcher whenever the Braves do decide, or Travis DiArno either moves on with his career or decides to step away. Those are some things. You have Matt Olsen with an extremely large contract that he got whenever the Braves did not sign Freddie Freeman. So the idea of Vaughn Grissom coming to the Atlanta Braves and getting called up from Mississippi, this has everything to do more about next season than what it does this year. Yes, it's an inconvenience. Braves are now seven games back of the New York Mets because of what happened over the weekend. And they are still the number one team in the wild card. But Von Grissom could be your starting shortstop or starting second baseman. It does, just because Ozzie Albies plays second base right now, it doesn't mean that he, he wouldn't be willing to potentially move over and play the shortstop position. Von Grissom so far since he's been in in the minor leagues, is basically considered a utility guy. So he's played shortstop. He's played third base. He's played second base. Austin Riley has third base locked up. Ozzie Albies, you think, is going to be your everyday second baseman. But if there is a potential that Dansby Swanson is not going to re-sign with the Atlanta Braves, Von Grissom is going to be the option. And right now, if he's your number one prospect, look at how great Michael Harris has done since he's been called up to the Atlanta Braves, and that's the reason why the Braves traded Drew Waters away. So if Von Grissom can show any kind of production and he can and he can produce the way that Braves are at least hoping that he could do, I'm not saying that he's going to be your Aussie Albies type production level, but he could possibly at least give you something that the Braves could kind of merge that gap until Albies is back, then you're looking at the potential of Ozzy going in to this and him being your second baseman, Von Grissom being your shortstop of 2023. Danesby continues to have too good of a season to not get paid at the end of this. And with the contracts that the Braves have already given out to the players that I just mentioned, you're going to need some guys that are still on their rookie deal. William Contreras is still on his rookie deal. Von Grissom would be one of those that's still on his rookie deal. What are you going to do with Marcelo Zuna in the next year or two? What are you gonna do with Eddie Rosario? Michael Harris still being on his rookie deal is a great, but the other thing is, is yes, you still have Kyle Wright and Max Fried, and you still Ian Anderson, if he can ever get things figured out. Those guys are still on rookie deals. You need those because those are gonna be the guys that are going to fill in the gaps to the to the guys that you're going to be hearing about when it comes to possible replacements for Dansby Swanson. And Dansby Swanson may sign with the Braves, but with the amount of money that shortstops are getting right now in Major League Baseball and where his numbers are in 2022, he's looking at a major deal. And the Braves may be okay with letting him go. And he may end up in in one of these major markets. And he may be the one that would be able to get You know, There are players and teams that are going to be needing a shortstop at the end of this baseball season. If the Braves can use Von Grissom and can see that he's productive, and even if he could just get the wide eyes out, then he's going to be able to potentially fill that role next season going into spring training. The problem is, is the wide-eyed part. And if you don't know what I mean by wide-eyed, whenever you get to Major League Baseball... Whenever you get into the NBA, heck it happened to me whenever I got into college and I got it to, took my very first at bat in college. Everything seems to be moving faster. Every saying seems to look bigger. I don't care what the wall says. It says that it's three thirty down the line and four hundred in center field. That doesn't matter. I swear to Heavenly Father, that's a five hundred feet away center field is, and that wall is way further away than what it's saying. That left field wall is 375 feet away. This stadium is massive. I don't care what anybody says. Why does that pitcher, when he's standing on the mound, and it says 60 feet six inches, why does it look like he's 25 feet away? Why does it look like these fans are right on top of me and every single one knows what I'm doing at every single second of the day? That's the stuff that a player goes through when they're going to the major leagues for the very first time. Yorkie hops in and says, you better not get rid of my boy Dansby. Look, he may be the odd man out. When you're looking at the contracts that the Braves have already handled, handed out, then I don't think that there is a question, that there that this is a real possibility that Dansby Swanson walks. And if Dansby Swanson walks, you're going to need his replacement, and Von Grissom could be that guy. Look, in 2022, right now, and you're talking about the contracts that the Braves have currently handed out, Austin Riley is on the hook now for $212 million over the next 10 years. Matt Olson is on the hook for $168 million over the next eight years. Acuna, $65 million over the next four. Heck, they, they picked up Iglesias for $60 million. Ozzie Albies, right now $35 million. Charlie Morton, that may be the odd man out when it comes to the pitching rotation because that could potentially give you some money that you could play with when it comes to Dansby Swanson, at least for the first year. Maybe do a short-term deal with him. That's not going to happen. He's going to want one of these eight, 9 nine, ten-year deals like everybody else in Major League Baseball is getting. Eddie Rosario, you still got for two more seasons at 18. Kenley Jansen... You've got for at least the rest of this season for sixteen million dollars. So if you combine the Kenley Jansen and the Charlie Morton deal, that's thirty six million dollars that's going to come off the books if the Braves don't re-sign those guys. Adam Duvall right now is is at nine point two seven million dollars. His math comes, I mean, his money comes off the books. People forget about Kirby Yates and the fact that he's got eight point two five million dollars over the next two years. So there's a couple of players, Duvall, Charlie Morton, Kenley Jansen, those types of players that there's a potential that the Braves could have some money available in 2023 to pay Dansby Swanson, but it's not about just 2023. This is about over the course of the next five and six and seven years. What are they going to do then? And I'm telling you, Looking at Dansby Swanson's numbers in 2022, comparing them to other shortstops throughout Major League Baseball, you're looking at a contract very similar to what Francisco Lindor got from the New York Mets. You're looking at a deal that what Trey Turner could potentially be getting whenever he leaves the Los Angeles Dodgers because his deal is almost up as well. These are the types of contracts that you're going to have to look at when it comes to shortstops in this game. And you notice that in the players that I mentioned, you still didn't mention Max Freed. I still didn't mention Kyle Wright. Obviously, if Strider continues to pitch the way that he does in the next year or two, you're going to need to pay him as well. This is a major problem for Alex Anthopoulos. If he is going to make this move and keep Dansby Swanson over the next five, six, seven years, then he's about to have to pay money, and I don't think he's going to. That's why Von Grissom is getting called up. That's why you're doing this. Because if you can get Von Grissom to go in and perform the way that you hope that he will, then I think that you're more okay with the idea of Dansby walking away. You're more okay with the idea that you are not going to have... Dansby Swanson in your lineup in 2023. That's why Vaughn Grissom is getting called up. That's the reason why you want him in the lineup over the course of the next some odd games, however long that's going to be, because you want to see what you have in him. You do have a little leeway with the playoffs. The playoff system is, is totally new this year, so if the Braves are not going to be your number one seed or your number two seed in the NL then they're going to be playing in this first round right now they're going to be playing in the first round the way that the playoffs are are currently set to be okay it's the brand new format that major league baseball is going with you get six teams in the playoffs this year six from the american league since six from the national league so 12 teams total your number one and number two seeds in both leagues get a bye after that, the number 3 seed will be hosting the number 6 seed in the best of 3 series. And the same will go for the number 4 and the number 5. So looking at Major League Baseball right now and looking at the standings, yes, the Braves are 7 games back of the New York Mets. Do not forget and I and I and I mean this, do not forget this. The Braves and the Mets start another series on Monday. So do not forget it. So what this means is, is that right now in the NL, if the the playoffs were to start today, the LA Dodgers and the New York Mets, both of them would be getting a first round bye. The third division leader and division winner, which at the moment means the NL Central, the St. Louis Cardinals, they are going to be taking on the sixth seed, which would be the last wild card team in. At the moment, that's the San Diego Padres. With that being said, at the moment, the Braves and the Phillies would be playing in a three game series. And then when you move to the next round, you would then have the number one seed, would then get the winner of the 3 6. Or no, yeah, the number one seed, they would get the winner of the 3-6. And then the number two seed would get the winner of the 4-5. That is how this will potentially work. So, if the Braves are not going to be a one or two seed, which for them to be a one or two seed, one, they've got to not only catch the Mets, but also win the division. Also, I just thought that baseball was about to come to my face. I really do appreciate Ruiz making that catch in left field because I thought that that was about to come to left field. Do you realize that since we have been doing the strike zone out here at First Horizon, we have never had a ball hit here during the during the show. That ball that was just hit a few seconds ago is the closest that we have come to a baseball coming into the stream while we are broadcasting. Not saying that, that I'm wanting to jinx it, but that's going, uh, That's what is happening at, at right now. Now, the other things that you have to be looking at with the Vaughn Grissom deal is the fact that no these are not the same old Mets I want to know right now if you're wherever you're watching wherever you're listening how frustrating is it to watch this New York Mets team play how frustrating is it I'm even asking that on Twitter as we speak how frustrated are you with the New York Mets and the fact that they are not the same mets that is what i that is the reason why i'm asking the question because for the longest time the question was this new york mets team is eventually going to do what every new york mets team does they follow They follow the New York Yankees playbook where they sign a bunch of older players. These players continue to get injured. They never really play. And then you look back at this Mets team, and you're just going, how did they start the season with so much talent? But now they never make it past – heck, they don't even make it into the playoffs. Well, there's a major reason for this, and the major reason is exactly what I just mentioned to you a second ago – It's because they're actually staying healthy. Coming into tonight, the Mets have played in 111 games. They have seven starters right now that have played in 90-plus of those games. If you want to compare that to the Braves, the Braves have only had four players that have played in 90-plus games for the Braves. You look at the starting pitching, which is another major factor in this, They've only had three starting pitchers that have even missed more than two starts. And really two of those is Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. And they're getting those guys back right now. The other three pitchers that are considered their their five-man rotation, those guys have made almost every single one of those starts. Carrasco is the perfect example of this. He's like fifth in Major League Baseball right now in number of starts. He hasn't missed a start yet. The health of this team is the major reason why the Mets are not the Mets in 2022. The other thing is, the players that are playing are actually playing very well. Especially the starting pitching. For the Mets right now, in 2022, four of their starters have sub-four ERAs. Meaning 399 or below. There's only one that has one above that, and that's Tyler McGill. They're fifth in Major League Baseball in ERA. You spin that around, three of the Braves' quote-unquote five starters have sub-four ERAs, and they're 14th in Major League Baseball. Yes, Ian Anderson was a major reason why the the ERA was so high. Charlie Morton hasn't pulled his weight either. Strider, Freed, and Wright are the three pitchers for the Braves that have sub-four ERAs. The only thing the Braves have right now over the Mets is bullpen. Edwin Diaz gets a lot of the a lot of the love because of how amazing his entrance is into a baseball game, but from a bullpen standpoint, the Braves actually have a better bullpen ERA than what the Mets do. It's almost a full half run better than what the Mets are. The Braves are 6th in Major League Baseball, the Mets are 10th in Major League Baseball. But other than that, Lindor is having a resurgence with power. You can look at what White Panda's doing, and he's doing exactly what he does. When he makes contact, the ball goes very far. But the major things with this this Mets team is that they're actually staying healthy, which is something they have not done for numerous years over the last decade or so. It was almost a yearly thing. Oh, it's great you got this guy, but when's he going to get injured? Eunice Cespedes, Robinson Cano, who was a brave for like a week. Both of those guys were supposed to be major splashes for the New York Mets. And instead, they continued to get injured. It wasn't Chris Sale type injuries, but they continued to get injured. I honestly don't think there's another human being alive that has ever played Major League Baseball that has been as jinxed as what Chris Sale is. And the reason why I say that with Chris Sale is if you're a Major League Baseball player, and we're seeing this more in recent history. Why do you do something dumb that can cost you your career? And I, 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 I genuinely ask this because of how many times that this has happened with the Atlanta Braves. Or I should say with a lot, not the Atlanta Braves, but with other major league teams. Because with other major league teams, you have seen these players do something dumb and get injured and their career is done. Chris Sale could be the most jinxed person in baseball history. At one point in time, he was one of the best lefties. In baseball, since Randy Johnson. And yes, I'm, I say Randy Johnson because of the comparisons of the pitching styles, because of the height, because of the release angle, because of when Chris Sale threw the baseball to you, you weren't seeing the baseball and getting it released from his hand 60 feet, six inches away. Heck, you weren't even getting it 55 feet away. With the stride that Chris Sale has, It's not an exaggeration that he's not releasing the baseball until it's 53 feet away, and he's throwing it 98 miles per hour. And he's got a slider that's about 87 or 88, possibly touching 90. It was deadly. Then he has to have Tommy John. Now he has the bicycle injury, and he's done. Heck, they thought the other day that he broke his finger on his first game back when he was pitching in Tampa. The guy's jinxed. The only other player that has done something that stupid in recent history would be Madison Bumgarner. If you don't know about Madison Bumgarner, yeah, there's a reason why he has not been the same pitcher in the last six or seven years. It's because he got this massive deal with the Giants, and then he went into North Carolina, and he's a redneck, and he did redneck things, and he did redneck things. He was riding a dirt bike and he got into an accident. That's what he did. Ever since then, he has has never been the same pitcher. No matter what he has done, even with the Diamondbacks right now, he's not even the number three pitcher. He's about the number four, number five pitcher. He has been jinxed because of the injuries that he has had in his baseball career, specifically stemming from the dirt bike incident that he had. And now Chris is getting this. Two of the best pitchers of the last decade in Major League Baseball. Their careers are going to be defined by something that they did off the field. Be smart with this, man. And I'm saying this to even the, the sounds players that listen to this after the games are over with. And the moment we put this up on the podcast... Be smart when you are off the field. Was it Corey Kluber that cut his hand because he was working on his droid? Or his drone? Not even his droid. Nobody has droids except for Slay. His drone? And he cut his hand? Like, like that's that's some of the dumb... Like, you're talking about stupid things like that. Don't do it. But these injuries, and with Chris Sale's injury... That's something he's never going to be able to recover from. He's going to continue to become a mediocre pitcher in Major League Baseball. Now, he could have a career the same way that Madison Bumgarner's had, but he's never going to be that dominant pitcher the way that he was when the Boston Red Sox gave him that contract. That is where... This now changes because of the injuries, because of being out for a season, because of the broken hand, because of the bike injury. Every bit of this is now going to play into the reason his arm is never going to be the same. That's the reason why these players with the Mets that they continue to sign over the last five, six, seven, eight years... Yeah, you're you're paying them for what they did five and six years ago when they were a four-time All-Star, second or third in MVP voting, maybe even a rookie of the year. You're paying for that stuff. But then they're going to get injured with you. It's the whole thing about Bill Belichick and the Tampa Bay Rays. And Bill Belichick used to, used to say this about him. If he gives you a call and wants to trade for a player that you have, don't do it. The exact same thing has been said about the Tampa Bay Rays over the last decade. If Tampa calls you and they're wanting to offer you a deal that is most likely too good to be true, it's because they know something you don't and you do not make that deal. It's because the Rays are so much smarter than everybody else when it comes to making deals and getting rid of players before they go downhill. Perfect example chris archer they got rid of him before it was too late and chris archer they traded him they got tyler glass now tyler glass now had multiple seasons for the rays where he's pitched very well i also believe that Corey dickerson was involved in that deal i only bring that up because i think he's about to bat here in just a few seconds for the braves or the or the stripers but glass now was a part of that deal He came in, the Rays got to the World Series, and the Rays looked brilliant for getting rid of Archer. The Mets have been the direct opposite of that. They've given the guys the deals, and then they go downhill. It's very much a New York Yankee thing to do. It's a New York state of mind, man. That is not just a song. It is a New York state of mind. This year, it is a little bit different. Francisco Lindor is actually performing p alonzo is actually performing max serzer has had his times we still don't know about him just because he still hasn't proven that he can go for what he was able to go to now when he is in and he is available and he's healthy he's still giving you four or five good innings but not much after that jacob Degrom is just jacob de man he's a cheat code it's the reason why everybody hates going up against somebody that's pitching with him in mlb the show like it's a cheat code He's going to bring it 102, and that's like his two-seam fastball. He's got the slider. He's got the breaking stuff. He's got the two-seam that's going to back up off the plate when he's throwing it to the left side of the plate. Like, he's got all this stuff. It's a cheat code. All right, he is is going to be that way. And Jacob DeGrom has actually been very smart with what he has done in his decision-making over the last few years. But this team... The Mets are a different ball club because of one thing and one thing alone, and that is simply health. That is it. The reason why the Braves are seven games back of the Mets, health. I mentioned it just a few moments ago. If you missed it, you're just now hopping in. We were talking about the Atlanta Braves and the difference between this year's Mets team and last year's Mets team, or, heck, even every other Mets team that's ever played professional baseball, It's because this Mets team has been healthy. Heck, they only have one guy that's batting over 300 right now. And that's Jeff McNeil. That's it. There's two players on the team that actually have multiple stolen bases that are in double digits. Off the frame just hopped in on Twitter, which you can watch as well. Says Scherzer's been pitching lights out. He goes seven innings every appearance since coming back. And that's what I'm saying. I want to see him continue to do that over the course of the next few weeks as he continues to pitch. Because his dead arm that he had late in the season has more to do with his amount of pitching than what it did the injury. Him coming off of this injury has given him a little bit more time off and given his arm a little bit more rest. But I want to see how he's going to continue to pitch into September and with the way the Mets are playing right now into October. Not questioning it, not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying that is something I'm going to continue to pay attention to because of what he what happened last year, because of what has happened with, that, with his pitching and with his arm over the course of the last few years. Scherzer himself in October, you get me, and this is all I'm asking of him. If I'm the Mets, this is all I'm asking. Just get me to the fifth. Okay, because if I'm in a three-game series and you get me to the fifth, then that means that most likely Jacob DeGrom is going to be one of my starters. Max Scherzer is going to be another one of my starters. Now you're looking at a third starter. I don't know. Most likely they would go with Chris Bassett. If I'm looking, most likely that. So that would mean that Carrasco would be your emergency and Walker is going to be, and Walker is going to be the guy that could come out and pitch the sixth, seventh, and eighth, or the sixth and seventh get you to the eighth, then you can start looking at a Trevor Williams or something like that. I mean, heck even Adam Odovin, you can look at him before going to Edwin Diaz. That's a deadly outing. That is a very deadly bullpen. In October, velocity is what's going to kill you. If you do not have it, you're going to get beat by it. Velocity is what helps you win in October. There's something about a pitcher that throws 97 to 100 miles per hour in October when it's 40 degrees and the banners are up and all eyes are on you because a national broadcast is happening and you've got Joe Davis and John Smoltz up in the up in the press box calling the game. It's a little bit different then. You hold the bat a little bit tighter. You're not 100% sure if that's a slider, if it's a fastball, or if it's a two-seam. It all looks the same about 30 feet away. That's the reason why those pitchers are going to be the deadliest. Just got another question from off the frame here. You can get those questions in, too, by the way, into the chat. As we're going throughout the evening, we've got the chat pulled up as well. We'll see every single one of those comments. Off the frame asks, is there a better one-two punch with Scherzer and DeGrom? Off the top of my head, I'm going to say no. I'm going to – I mean, I only say no – because I I or I only sat there and thought about it for a few seconds, because of the fact that we're going on the history of Degrom and the history of Max Scherzer, and what they have done so far in the major leagues, and and that's the reason why I bring that up. Okay, now I wanted to pull up the numbers just so that. I'm not just being biased, or I'm not just saying that because the conversation right now is on the is is on the Mets right now. Tony Gonsolin in LA and Ureus in LA are currently fifth and seventh in ERA, and again, this is just simply by ERA that I'm that I'm going by right now. So you could look at potentially at them. That is honestly the only other tandem that you could potentially look at when you're looking at even the top 15 ERA-wise. Because the other one would be Justin Verlander, who is not getting talked about at all this baseball season. He has made every single one of his starts so far this season. Verlander leads Major League Baseball in ERA, 1.70. His teammate, Valdez is 15th in Major League Baseball with a 2.87 ERA. So you can make the argument that that would possibly be the number three tandem in Major League Baseball. But I know that Scherzer nor DeGrom are in the top 15. But if you give me those two pitchers in a best-of-three series or even a best-of-five series, it's going to be very hard to beat those teams. Having Adovino coming out of the bullpen, leading into Edwin Diaz, that is a very, very difficult stretch of pitching that you would have to score runs on. That's the reason why the Mets are so difficult this season and the reason why they're not the same old New York Mets that we've all been paying attention to and we've all thought was going to be the ones that were going to eventually show their heads. Unless in the next couple of months... something happens. Injury-wise, the injury bug just starts pop, 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 pop. Normally, if you hear the pop, 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 that means ACL, so let's hope that's not the case. But if Pete Alonso goes down, if Francisco Lindor goes down, if Max Scherzer has another injury, if Jacob DeGrom starts to deal with something, then you're talking about a different Mets team. But when healthy, this could be the best team in Major League Baseball. It's hard to argue against L.A. Because they are just stacked top to bottom with talent. It's hard to argue with them. The Yankees are starting to come down to earth a little bit. Not scoring as many runs. Pitchers are starting to give up a little bit more. I don't know if they're if they're going to be the team that is going to represent the American League because you still have the Houston Astros doing Houston Astros things. Oh, there you go. Those those right now, those things, the Astros are still arguably one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. And I know that when you look at the Major, the, the major Leagues right now and you look at them, yes, the Yankees have 71 wins. The Astros have 71 wins. But the Yankees are going down. The Astros are going up in their trajectory right now. It's going to be very difficult for me to bet against the Astros if them and the Yankees are playing each other. Also, don't forget... The Cleveland Guardians are still leading the AL Central. They're tied with the Twins for the lead in the AL Central. And you also still have the Seattle Mariners as well as the Toronto Blue Jays, all of which that are still in play for the playoffs right now. And then let's also not forget about Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Yes, I mentioned that, Baltimore. The Baltimore Orioles have 58 wins right now. They are six games above 500, and they are – Arguably one of the top 10, 15 hottest teams in baseball. Matter of fact, they're the only ones that have won multiple games in the past three days in the AL East. Everybody else in the AL East has lost two or more games over the last three days. Except for the Baltimore Orioles. They're the only ones, and they are now 12 games back of the Yankees. But the Yankees are not, mm, they're just not, they're, they're not doing it, man. They're just not. Question on Twitter. What about Edwin Diaz coming out in the ninth? Narcos. Okay. This sucker. I played it for Slay yesterday as the show was wrapping up. I didn't know. And help me out on the Zone Chat, whether you're watching Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, all of those. I'm, I'm, I'm also asking the question on, on Twitter right now. Edwin Diaz has the or where? Let's see something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at cumulusboost.com. Here does. Edwin Diaz's intro match up compared to other closers. Because I did not know, and I, I honestly n- never thought that it would happen again. I never thought that somebody else would have an intro that would come close to Mariana Rivera's. Now for people that don't realize this, the closer intro has only been around for roughly 22 to 23 years. It helped me if I'm wrong on this. I really believe that the the closer intro only became famous after major League. And I do not believe that that is an exaggeration at all. and I'm, I'm, I'm really not I'm not trying to say it because i' I'm, if you're a baseball fan, you love the movie Major League. but there have been various pitchers that have come out to various songs over the last 15, 20, 30 years that have really, really ramped up the whole wrestling intro thing. The idea of the new LED lighting and other ways that you have been able to enhance the gimmick of the Closer, it has grown over time. Because you look back, just just in Braves history, there are maybe three pitchers that you can really think of that have ever truly come out to a quote-unquote intro song. You had Craig Kimbrell came out to Welcome to the Jungle. John Smoltz had Dancing Queen. And it was only for a short time, and then he swapped it over to Thunderstruck, but he did have Dancing Queen. And and then I th- think that may honestly be it. That's the only ones that I can really, truly remember. But throughout Major League Baseball, there have been other ones, other players that have done certain things. But you can go back to the genesis of this, and it goes back to in real life, in real life, the genesis of the closer intro goes back to, I want to say Trevor Hoffman in 98. That was probably the moment that the closer intro really went to the next level because that was hell's bells. And not only did Trevor Hoffman start to come out to hell's bells, but then when he came out to that, You then started seeing the Jumbotron. You started seeing the ribbon boards. You started seeing the scoreboards that are on the wall that shows all the out-of-town stuff and all the information and everything else. Those Those then start to add to it. You started seeing flames and things like that that started getting incorporated with some of these. And so all of this started playing into this mystique of The Closer. If you're a wrestling fan, which I know there's a ton of us here because we were all at at Nissan Stadium for SummerSlam, The Closer is the closest thing to a professional wrestling intro that a Major League Baseball player will ever get. Because it incorporates everything. I love Austin Riley, and I love the fact that he's leaned into the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin 316, glass shattering when he comes up to bat. But if you were to put that on a closer, and the lights go out, or or you have a special effect around the entire field at Truist, That when the glass shattered on the Jumbotron and the glass shattered through the speakers, it looked like the glass was shattering all around all of the video boards. And then somebody ran out to that. Boom. It's all about the mystique and the idea of the closer. It's a mentality. Dennis Eckersley talked about it. It is a different mentality to become a closer in professional baseball. It could be arguably the most mental position in the sport, and baseball is a humongous sport and lives on the mental side of the game. The closing position and to be a closer and to come out of that bullpen in the ninth inning with a one- or two-run lead and you have to be the one to shut them down, that is special. We got a comment right now on our Twitter feed. Don't forget you can follow us, 1045 the zone. No matter where you are, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, as well as as Instagram. That's the one that I'm missing. It says, off the frame says it's right up there with Inner Sandman. Joe hops in and says, How do you not remember Inner Sandman? Inner Sandman is it. Okay? It is it. That is the standard. Okay? That is the standard for closing intros. It is not it, it is not something that had to have the extras and the special effects and all of the other Glitz and glamour that does come with it because I mentioned Trevor Hoffman, I mentioned Craig Kimbrell and the stuff that he's come out to. You, you look at all how all those closers and the things that they came out to whenever they're closing. And I know Kimbrel's still pitching, but I'm talking about when he was with the Braves and and he was really in his prime. That's what we're talking about. But you're talking about Inner Sandman, Mariano Rivera. Yankee Stadium, old Yankee Stadium, the Yankee Stadium where the ghosts were still alive and well. Like the Yankee Stadium that that if if you were the little kid from the Sixth Sense, like they'd all be everywhere. Okay? Like you you would be sitting behind home plate if you were if you were that little kid from the Sixth Sense, and you would be seeing Babe Ruth in the outfield You would be seeing Lou Gehrig at first base You would be seeing Mickey Mantle in the outfield you would, you would be seeing Munson behind home plate Like you would literally be seeing Every single ghost In Yankee Stadium That is considered the Yankee Stadium mystique That is all there The old ballpark Hundred, hundred years old 90 years old, 90 years old, there, and it goes to the ninth, and the Yankees get the third out in the bottom of the eighth inning, and the players start to come out on the on the field, and then right here. Matter of fact, it may be where I'm sitting right now, the equivalent of where I'm sitting. The door swings open, and you hear the guitar riffs of Inner Sandman. If you heard that, it was over. It was over if you heard Inner Sandman. That's what made the 2001 World Series finish so miraculous. Because it was Mariano Rivera blowing a save to lose Game 7 of the World Series. That's the reason why it was so crazy. You heard Inner Sandman? That was done. That is the, that is the peak, okay? Mariano Rivera is number one. Ricky Vaughn is probably number two. And the only reason I put him at number two is because he's fictional. He started all of this. That is it. Okay? And then underneath that, Trevor Hoffman is number three with his intro. I don't even know what Josh Hader's intro is. I just know he throws gas from the left side. Like, I don't even know what his intro is. And I know that he just got traded from the Brewers. But there isn't really a closer in 2022 outside of Edwin Diaz that now has the excitement level of when the ninth inning comes. Because look, man, I love baseball. I'm doing a baseball show from a A ballpark on a Wednesday night, the night before the preseason starts for the NFL. And the sounds are playing as we speak. There's been about three baseballs that have come this direction. I thought one or two was going to hit us. I love baseball. You, you can see it. You can hear it. You can feel it whenever I'm talking. There's no way that you can listen to the strike zone, watch the strike zone, and not feel the energy that I put out whenever it comes to talking about baseball. I say every bit of that because nine innings is a long time. That is a very long time. Baseball is broken up into three parts. Your first through three innings, all right, the excitement levels there. The fourth, fifth, and sixth, you walk around a little bit, you go grab you some food to kind of pass the time. If it's a low-scoring ball game, all right, we're gonna look around at some of the the signs and the marquees. And, you know, if you're if you're here at First Horizon, you'll go back behind the the Batter's eye, and you'll look at all the stuff about Sulfurdale. Like you know, th- that's that's where you'll go. By the way, the stuff back there really sweet. You need to go check it out. All of this stuff, like you you will go and you will look down the first baseline where where Sulfur home plate still is. You you will walk around and possibly go into the pro shop for the sounds and buy you a sweet hat like I'm rocking right now because I just bought it a couple of days ago. Like you do that the fourth, fifth, and sixth inning. The seventh, eighth, and ninth—that's when it gets real. That's when you start going. All right, what's going to happen? Seventh inning, they're down by a run or two. What are they going to do? Are they going? Are are we going to see an exciting ninth inning? Are we going to go to extra innings? What's going to happen? Then the home team gets the lead in the eighth inning. In the ninth inning. That door swings open. You get intensity most times. Welcome to the jungle. Inner Sandman. Hell's Bells. Man, it is different at City Field when Edwin Diaz comes out. It is different. Because I just broke down how you basically attend a baseball game and the things that you do. Heck, if you're up in the suites, you may watch another baseball game on one of the TVs. Whatever you want to do, there's a different thing about coming out to thirty and forty thousand fans. And the moment your music hits, instantaneously there is a party in the stands. Everybody is on their feet, excited. You've got clapping. You've got dancing you've got parties everywhere like and let's be honest it looks like a matador coming out to the ring to fight a bull that is the reason why the entrance looks so amazing is you've got the trumpets and you've got everything that's coming along with it then the beat drops and Edwin Diaz is running out and he gets about right behind second base and he's still in the grass a little bit and that beat drops and every single person is on their feet excited you just woke up the entire stadium and they are fired up for the next three outs that is why the closer position is so important and why the entrance is so important the dancing queen thing with john smoltz was a total joke it all goes back to the idea that when he became a closer after his Tommy John surgery and they wanted to save his arm, it all goes back to him saying, hey, you guys just pick something for me. I don't really care. And so they had fun. He even said that when he came out of the, out of the bullpen for the first time, like he put his glove over his face because he was just laughing so hard. Like That's a different type of thing. But you get a flamethrower... That comes out to something that exciting and intense. You give me that in October. Oh, it's going to be a party at City Field. Braves don't have that with Kenley Jansen. They didn't have that with Will Smith. With Kimbrel is a little different. It wasn't like a oh yeah, we're about to go. It was just kind of a yeah, welcome to the jungle. Yes. Like, I don't think the Braves have ever really had that, that the moment that the lights went down and the, and the closer came out, you got that feeling. Now, you knew that you had a good closer in Kimbrel. You knew you had a good closer in Smoltz. Heck, you knew you had a good closer in Leitenberg. Yes, you even had a good closer in John Rocker. He was just a moron. Like they're, they're, So, you have had good closers. You just hadn't had that guy that has brought you to your feet the way that Edwin Diaz does. That intro is next level. And somebody said on the on the, the tweets just a second ago, which you can't follow me at, Joe Hunk, that it is right up there with Inner Sandman. I'm going to put it forth right now just because I want to see Edwin Diaz do this for a longer period of time. And yes, there is a fictional character involved in my countdown, so don't even judge because the fictional character is the one that got this all started. And that's Ricky Wild Thing Von. I would put it. I would put it at fourth right now, just behind Trevor Hoffman, because Trevor Hoffman with the San Diego Padres coming out to Hell's Bells—that was different and that was terrifying. Had that high leg kick, that slow mo- motion forward. And then you didn't know if he's going to bring it 95 or 65 because he had that deadly change up. There we go. Before we wrap up, let's go back into our comments right now. Ryan says, are you staying the night in Nashville? It's a long drive. Uh, That would be a negatory. I am not spending the night in Nashville. The very moment that I wrap up here, I'm going to hop in the car. I'm going to drive my happy tail all the way back to Hazel Green. And then we're going to get ready for – the titans tomorrow. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun 24 to 48 hours right now and I'm extremely excited that everybody's hopped on tonight to join in with us. Last answer before we we get off here tonight of the strike zone. What did you think of the Mets fans doing the Tomahawk chop? Do it. Do it. If you want to troll the Braves that much, do it. Because I guarantee you, if there was something you had, we would troll you. I don't care what it is. If it was Game 7 of the World Series, and you're playing this in Truist Park, and it was the Atlanta Braves and the Boston Red Sox, which almost happened last year, by the way. People forget Boston Red Sox played in the ALCS. If it was Game 7 and the Braves were up by eight runs like they were or six runs like they were against the Astros last year in Game 6 and they knew that they were about to clinch the World Series and they were about to lift that trophy and there was about to be a party throughout the battery, I'd look at my DJ and I would say, DJ hit it, and they would play Sweet Caroline. And every single Brave throughout Truest Part would wrap their arms around each other, and they would bum, 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 and they would totally do it. I would troll them like crazy. Game 7, World Series. I use this because there's a reason. Game seven, World Series, Braves and Yankees, Truist Park. Braves are up five to nothing going into the bottom of the eighth inning. Every single Brave that is behind the outfield walls should start doing the roll call for the Yankees around the entire field. Obviously, you wouldn't wait for them to acknowledge it because they definitely wouldn't, but I would 100% do that to every single Yankee that was right there as it was going on. I would fully do that. You troll when you control because that is the fun part of the game. Bro, I come from a state that any single time that the Alabama Crimson Tide loses the visiting band plays Rammer Jammer. Think about that. It doesn't matter if it's La Monroe, LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, no matter what it is. Those bands have been practicing Rammer Jammer every single summer. Going into fall practice, going into the football season because of that one game. Knowing that if they beat Alabama, strike up the band, we're playing Rammer Jammer. Think about it. Look, it's a long-going joke about how long it's been since Tennessee has beaten Alabama. Third Saturday in October. The Crimson Tide always wins. Go talk to the music director. Ask them how many times they practice Rammer Jammer during the summer to get ready for football season. Guarantee you they do it every single year. Because that is part of the fun. Now, if I was a Braves fan inside of City Field, yeah, I'd be getting a little angry. But you know what's going to happen? Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night next week, you get a lead on the Mets. Chop away, my friends. Chop away. I would do it forever if if the sounds had something that they did then I would fully expect another team to mock it if they were in the championship I would fully look. you're talking about the New York Mets the New York Mets who have been looking up at the Braves for the last few years and the New York Mets that have had to deal with their team spending all of this money and losing all the time and they still continue to have to come to the ballpark and watch the Braves beat them Larry Jones Frederick Freeman now you've got Acuna now you've got Austin Riley all of these players now the Mets have had to watch play well at their stadium yeah they should be hyped New York has had nothing to cheer about for the last 10 years think about this It's 2022. The last time a New York team, specifically the Yankees, won the World Series was 2009. I don't believe that a New York franchise has won a championship since 2011. And that was the Giants and Eli Manning beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl again. Like, That was the last time that you have seen a championship. It has been over a decade since a team has won a championship in New York City. The Mets back in 2015 got to the World Series but was not able to beat the Kansas City Royals. There's a reason why this team's excited. There's a reason why that city's excited. And I hate the Mets with a passion. But I don't hate them as much as I hate the Yankees. And if I got a pick between the two, I'd much rather see the Mets be successful than the Yankees. High on Let's go. Let's go. If the Mets stay healthy, they have an amazing shot at playing in the World Series. If the Mets stay healthy, if DeGrom stays healthy, if Scherzer can continue to give five, six, seven innings a night, if that happens... Then the Mets can play in the World Series. They have to stay healthy. But the Braves and Mets go at it again on Monday night. We will see what happens then. I appreciate everybody watching the strike zone. I appreciate the love off the frame before he gets off saying, loving the show, keep up the great work. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody that hops on, especially on this special night, this Wednesday night edition of the strike zone as we start getting ready for the Titans and the Vols to get playing. Don't forget that tomorrow night you can listen to the Titans on 104.5 The Zone. Pre-game starts at 4.30 with the Lee Company Countdown to kickoff. Yes, that's directly during 3HL. They're going to be the ones hosting it. Then you're going to be able to get into your pre-game show with Rep B, with Coach Mac, with Mike, with Amy, all of them. And then it's kickoff at 6.30. So make sure that you listen right here on 104.5 The Zone. I appreciate everybody that hopped on. If you happen to miss anything, wherever you get your podcast, look up The Strike Zone, subscribe, like it, follow us. If you don't throw down a five-star review, I'm not going to argue. I'm going to say thank you. I appreciate it. I love you. We will talk to you next Thursday night right here on The Strike Zone.